This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Fubar Radio and UN Women UK present a live 24 hour radio show. 24 hours. In the studio right now, and I've heard so much about this, uh, this next. Terrible. <laughs> yes, and you owe me a fiver. Um, <laughs> Hannah Flint, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy that my voice is okay because last, last night I was croaking. Oh, were you? I was the secrets from the crypt. Oh. Uh, but, you know, lots of honey and lemon, lots of lozenges. Yes, yes. And now I, I think I need. Um, <laughs> but it's wonderful to have you here. Um, and I know your passion is films. It is. Um, tell me um, about that. I've got here, you're, you know, you, you want to discuss and talk about kind of filmmakers and what films to watch but where did your love of films first start? Um, I suppose I've got credit to my mum and dad because we're Mm. very much cinema goers from a young age I think the first movie I went to see was like Lion King at the Waterman Cinema in Chiswick Um, and we always go to the movies like we're kind of like one of these people who go see like five well do four in a row my mum is brilliant she'll no. like she'll get the schedule and she'll be like right we're going to see this at 10.40 then we're going to have a coffee break and then we're going to see this at 12.55 and then we're going to get lunch and it's this whole thing and we just love it um, yeah. and then I think when I was doing my masters in, I did my masters in journalism I was like oh what do I want to do um, and I just thought actually if I can just write about movies and TV shows yeah. that'd be great and I've just managed to get there six years later and that's what I do so um, yeah I just love film they're so uh, just an escape and they're representative of our lives and I just think they're just beautiful and lovely and make us feel better Um, who would you say is your favourite director see this is really hard because um i would have said quentin tarantino but i feel he's really it's really hard now because yeah, he's true, kind of like problematic true. and it's yeah. this kind of can we separate um artists versus like their art um and yeah, i can't look at woody allen oh i refuse to watch exactly, woody allen movies exactly. um him roman polanski, yeah, roman polanski. i mean it's really hard isn't it in this kind of time's up movement because you're kind of what is what it's kind of kind of a spectrum of badness by people i never thought about that but it's very true isn't it and someone could ha- you know be a cinematic genius but for things they have done it's like I can't yeah um it's hard as well because I mean you know it's not like these things haven't been going on for ages I think it's really interesting someone like Roman Polanski who was accused of like um uh raping a 13 year old in 1973-74 but he escaped um, he's he fled the country yes. to France, right? Yeah. But he's made 17 movies since. Yeah. And you're kind of yeah. like, all the people who like Kate Winslet, um, Ewan McGregor, all of these people have made movies with him. It's like, oh, you're happy to work with him. Yeah. But only now, it, because the time's up, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, no, I really regret that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's great that you're doing it now. But it's kind of like, how long do we have to let it go on for? And I think like Quentin, it's really problematic because... I don't know, it's like, what is the level of badness that they can do to women on film? I mean, I know Uma Thurman, when she came out and spoke about the situation she had on Kill Bill, um, it's just kind of like, you're supposed to trust a director. And I feel like in that situation, maybe he didn't do his due diligence of being like someone that they can look up to. So I suppose like I can love someone's films, but actually now when he's got his new movie coming out, I'm probably less excited to see it, you Mm. know? Um, It's been tarnished. So yeah. But I suppose um, other filmmakers I like, um, there's there's this filmmaker called Gillian Rosevier and she made this movie called Obvious Child, which is like my favourite romantic comedy of like the last like five years because they don't actually make them anymore. Have you noticed this? There's like no romantic comedies. Do you know what? I've never... Yes. Yeah. There's like none. I mean, I know because like... There Why? was like last year, The Big Sick, which was a great movie. Um, 
but th- I feel like there's been none. But anyway, she had this movie, Obvious Child, which was brought out in 2014, and it's about a woman who breaks up with her boyfriend. She's a comedian. Yeah. She has a one-night stand, and then she gets pregnant, and then she decides she wants to have an abortion. Oh, but it's, wow. You think, oh, how can you make abortion funny? Yeah. Well, you can. Yes, <laughs> you've got to watch this film. Yeah, that's an amazing film. Um, so yeah, she saw and she did a movie called Landline, which is about kind of like this family who find out like the patriarch is having an affair, and then the daughter, eldest daughter, is like having issues in her relationship. Oh, it's just lovely filmmaking and just lovely storytelling. Um, yeah. So check both of those out. I have to admit, I grew up with um, my brother's a real film fanatic, and we would always go from like either David Lynch um, film or Hellraiser. Oh my god! It was like such an oh, I, the layer of the white worm. I think that's that what it was called. But it's like I used to get school. really scared of just the poster. Like I'd be scared of the pins, yes, and yes. that that would freak me out. I actually think of things that scared me. I remember watching. Do you remember the movie The Witches? Yes. Oh. I used oh. To, yeah, that's a great movie, yeah. right? And that's then I scary. yeah, that purple eyes, and I had this like. Kapl- do you remember the game Kaplunk? Yes. <laughs> it yes. had a purple box, and it was like when I went to bed, I had to get my mum to move this box out because it reminded me of the witch's eyes, and I was freaked out by that. That's what I said. <laughs> and I know we've got to be very quick, but um, uh, the Return to Oz. Oh my we- god! We- yes. We- yes. They were so scary. Oh my god! Kids' films are so scary. Yes. They are, but brilliant. Yeah. Um, we're going to go um, to a quick song, uh, but we're going to have a, a, a guest, Olivia Arben, in the studio. So we are going to listen to Get Your Freak On by Missy, Elli- ba- Missy Elliott back very shortly. <laughs> That's uh, Missy Elliott's Get Your Freak On. Um, and in the, I, I sounded like I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> Get Your Freak On, and we did, but that wouldn't have worked. Um, in the studio with us right now is um, a model, um, Olivia Arben. Olivia, welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very, very good. much for, for joining us here today um, to talk about, to celebrate and raise awareness for the He For She campaign. Um, you are a model. I like how this is, and it is a big thing. We talk a lot about social media. 58.7 thousand Instagram followers. <laughs> Now, the reason why I think as well it's good that we've kind of put this um, up here, it's it goes hand in hand, doesn't it, nowadays, I guess. Like, if you're an actress, when you go for a job interview, an audition, you are asked about your following. I know as a presenter, I'm asked about my following. As a model... Oh, is it important to have it? Oh my god, it's so important, yeah. And it's like only got more important as yeah. time has gone on because I really only got a lot of followers because I did a big job and the company had 2 million followers. But it was at the very start of Instagram, so I had about 10,000 at the time, which was a lot more than everyone else yes, around that. Sure. But I had no idea yeah. that it was going to become like a big demand and people do ask when we go to castings and jobs like they say like how many followers do you have? Like you have to write down your social media. Do you? Yeah, you do. That's crazy. It is crazy. That really, really is. Um, Well, let's um, look at your life as a model. Is it something modelling you've always wanted to do? Is it something you... When did you decide or when did it fall into your lap? I had actually always wanted to do it, but I didn't know if I would do it professionally. Uh, Like I started when I was about 15 and I would do like hair shows, you know, like local hair shows in my area. And then when I finished boarding school, like I just... I, I did try to do something else. I tried to be a swimwear designer. I wasn't really cut oh, out wow. for it. I wasn't that is cut very out for niche. it. <laughs> it was, yeah, too niche. Too niche. So like a doctor or <laughs> <laughs> exact swimwear designer. That's what I want. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then just ended up modelling instead. And what's it been like? What's you know, I've always, I've had a positive experience, really positive, wow. which has been good. I think I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah. do you know what? 
because I've, I've asked obviously everyone all our all the, all the female guests yes. um, about um, sexism and what sexism they've encountered mm. it actually has I thought everyone was going to say I've had loads I've had loads quite a few have said they've been lucky and they haven't have you encountered sexism I mean well, in the in the modeling industry yeah. Um, luckily not so much, I would say. I mean, the, for jobs, you know, it really depends. It depends which agent you're booked with, you know, it depends on each individual job. So there's no, it's not unequal in terms of pay. And then we also, we don't really have any, I mean, I've been lucky not to have any sexual harassment, but I think also like models have really been standing up for it. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but there's this Instagram account, uh, Ship Model Management, and they posted a list of all of the photographers that everybody's listed as abusers so you can go through and check and i mean oh my god the, the state of today huge. it's huge hey let's just check which uh photographers not to work with you know, it's it's you know. Know. Yeah. You 2018 people yeah <laughs> it's madness yeah but like it was interesting because like when i looked down there was people that you know i've worked with that haven't had any i've not been sexually harassed with them but got a weird feeling and i see mm. them on the list and you th- i think like lucky escape you know i just that's shocking yeah and really still shocking in the industry in the still industry yeah you know you said you started at 15 because i've yeah. got a friend who's actually like a mother agent so yeah. she'll like look after models like uh, as separate from an agency and kind of make sure they're kind of like the mothers oh, like look after no 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 it's called mother the mother agents yeah, and like they're kind of agents great yeah and did you think kind of the age of 15 because i feel like even that's quite a young age and i know yes. they're trying to stop as many but did you have it's kind a of child. a lot of kind of buffers around you to kind of maybe stop any sort of harassment i suppose uh, taking place because i quite wasn't young. doing it full time like at that mm. time so I wasn't really, you know, I was working locally, so I kind of I knew most of the people and not large, creepy photographers. I think they can get away with everything at that age, so, yeah. which is good. Mad. I do have a friend of mine who's a, mo- uh, a model. He's a male model, and he told me about um, he's had experience where, like, uh, photographers will make them undress unnecessarily <laughs> in front of them, you know, and just, like, getting those things. And he said, you know, I'm kind of... You know, you know how you have some women who say, "What if someone like kind of harassed me? I would say uh, say mm. something." But he was like, "I was like that." But I know there's a lot of younger boys out there who would have just felt really uncomfortable and worried about not getting any more jobs if they kind of called yeah, it out. It's, so tr- it's shocking how many men experience it as yeah, well. For sure. so true. Yeah, and it's not spoken about enough. It really, really isn't. Um, I know that. Um, I don't think we are going to the phone lines yet. We're going to go to the phone lines. I think shortly. Yes, we are. Oh, I should really read what it says. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you've been here a while. Yeah. <laughs> one or two hours, one or two hours. Um, but it's true, I think there's a lot of people that kind of say, oh, if it happened to me, I'd say this, I'll say that. But it doesn't happen like that. It's a very, no. they're very subtle in a way, these predators mm. approach these uh, these people. Um, you are uh, an ambassador for the British Heart Foundation. I am, yes. How did, how did that come about? Well, unfortunately, my dad passed away when I was 16 from a heart attack and I was just going through Instagram. I'd worked up with the Rankin Studios and I saw they were posting about World Heart Day. And oh, so wow. I just clicked on it, found the website and the CEO had a really similar story to mine. So I just got in contact and was like, oh, if I can help out, you know, please let me know. And just started from there, really. And we started on social media, just kind of trying to get people involved in the charity shops and showing wow. that you can get nice clothing you can still style it out and yeah. it can still look good yeah charity style yeah that's so rewarding and again you're using the fact you know that you're a model and that can open that door for you as well to become an ambassador yeah for that's, such that's a great true. company such a great charity it really really is um also it's um huffington post contributor tell me about that 
Uh, I wrote an article like about the British Heart Foundation just to try and raise some awareness mm. and just get people involved and so more people could see it um, and hopefully encourage them to start posting about it. So if you do, if anyone's out there and you're listening yeah. and you do want to post about your charity shop fashion from the BHF, you would do hashtag bought at BHF and then obviously the BHF sees it, I can see it, you know, and then we can share your posts, like share them on the website, share them on my Instagram and just get as many people supporting it as possible. It's amazing. And um, how have you found uh, the writing side of it? Is it something you want to pursue? Um, I was surprised that I could actually write like uh, quite decently. I find that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you need to be tall. Yeah. But I think if you've got something to say, that's I mean, a lot of things that when I write, if I've got, I don't just kind of write something for the sake of it. Yeah. I always have to have a thing to write about. And if when you know what it is, it. exactly. Yeah. If you know exactly so what you want to say. So it's about, writing is about having something to say, mm-hmm. not just putting words down on paper. So if you yeah. have got something to say, I think you can just find the words and really express yourself in a way. Yeah. And I suppose writing's a lot easier than, I mean, I, I find it easier because I can do, you know, chain, take things out, <laughs> do like first, second, third drafts. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. But yeah, no, no it's really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so, where would you like to see your your modelling go? Or <laughs> um, I would just like to travel as much as possible. Yeah. Like I really enjoy it. Okay, like, where have you been so far? I'm <laughs> just like vicariously like going away for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been go. to Oman, and that was really cool. Where's that? Um, it's actually near Dubai. It's like a country oh. kind of sort, close to the Middle East. It's in the Middle East. Really. It's hot, right? It's really hot. It's it was so heat. nice. <laughs> but it's like a really nice, like a dry heat, you know, like it's not too humid. Oh, uh, yeah. I perfect. have really curly hair, so I, do. I need to like... <laughs> we don't do well in the heat. Arab hair, I've got it. It's like... Uh, oh, <laughs> we don't do well. We do not do well. This kind of this weather suits us. Um, and this is um, obviously celebrating the He For She mm-hmm. um, campaign. And we are talking about um, inspirational women. Who would you say is your inspirational woman or women? Well, I think I've got a few. I would say, I'd say, first of all, I'd say Heidi Klum because ah. for modelling. Because I saw an interview the other day and she was actually talking about ageism in the modeling industry which I think that's so true because like we've broken so many barriers in the modeling industry mm. because we've got the curve movement and then height doesn't matter and we're like I'm five foot seven like walking London Fashion Week you know they're not as heightest wow. you know there's more diversity so then I thought ageism is really kind of the last thing because she was saying she still models her own underwear collection and she was getting a lot of stick for it like people were like oh you should pass the baton on to someone younger you know no one wants to see someone like over 30 doing it and she was like why she was oh like my I'm God. still hot I'm yeah. just gonna go get she is so hot I'm under 30 and I don't look so as good hot. as Heidi Klum <laughs> but that's what I mean like she was like what's so like it's over crazy. 30 models are just meant to go to and die also yeah. it's her yeah. own it's business like exactly. Let her, like if she's like 60 and she wants to you know wear yeah. her underwear then actually go for it yeah. Heidi, Heidi, here for you. Definitely here for you. And that is true. We do have women in the industry getting older. Mm. It's, how long, you know, obviously you've been in the modelling world for quite a while. Do you think that's going to change? Do you see older women? I hope it will change just because obviously the whole point is for having curve movement and diversity as they say, you know, but it's not just one type of woman. But like most of the population is over 30 anyway. So it seems weird to have a cut off point to start modelling. But you've got people like Adriana Lima, like Dudes and Crows, like going into their 30s now, like well into their 30s, like 36. So hopefully it will just continue and they'll just keep working and it will just open the doors. Yeah. It's so weird to think that like in the modelling industry, like 27 is middle age. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's depressing. 
it causes it causes anxiety. Like I've right, been pretty right. anxious about it, of course, because then you think, oh, if I don't achieve, you know, this much by a yeah, certain age, like, am I going to get it. bumped off? Like, you know, you've got to keep. We on don't top. mean kill. That doesn't no. happen. <laughs> no, no, no one gets killed. No one That's gets not killed. What happens. We're not putting that out there. I'm not going to get bumped off. I missed out on a job. Oh, oh my god, like oh model mafia. Yeah, <laughs> get no, them, boys. No. Um, thank you so so much for joining us today. Oh, um, thank you, Olivia. Very very quickly, actually, um, for young. Uh, young females wanting to get into modeling what tips would you give them um i would say persistence is a big one just yeah. keep on going you know you may get rejected a few times but you just don't take it personally it's never personal it's just because they might have somebody that has a similar look to you you know or you're not right for the market at that time but you can keep going back you keep on trying and just keep on building work and yeah. you will succeed Brilliant. Olivia Arden, thank you so much for joining us. We're just going to take a very uh, quick break. Uh, We will leave you with uh, Lily Allen London. Uh, Lily Allen London um, we are going to go straight to the phone lines we've got lifestyle YouTuber Melanie Murphy on the phone Melanie hello hi how are you so good how are you today brilliant funnily enough I was Thinking last night, so it's <laughs> a rough morning, but I'm so bright jealous. eyed now. I am so <laughs> jealous. You have no idea. I think I'm, I don't know how many hours I am in. It doesn't even matter. Oh, okay. you're doing such a good job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I love the fact um, we've, you know, you, you want to discuss female sexuality um, and mm-hmm. casual sex um, and how women are still judged differently than men um, after mm-hmm. acting upon natural urges. I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time, and it's about slut shaming. Um, yeah. What's your take on it? Because it really, it really annoys me that we are still yeah, judged so differently. We really are. Like, I do have quite a few friends in England, but obviously I'm in Ireland, and I grew up in Ireland. I went to an all-girls Catholic school run by nuns and stuff. So I, I, my experience has been very much that women are massively condemned for their sexuality. Still, like, and I know there's been a lot of you know changes, and mm. everyone has become a bit more accepting. But it's still so common for the word slut and prostitute yeah. and things to be thrown at girls who have sex like outside of relationships or who sleep with multiple partners. Um, and I feel like it's been ever since women have you know had access to the pill and um, condoms and things like that, they've had more control over their sex life and it's a lot more common for women to be able to open up about their sexual desires now whereas in the past I think it was very much drilled into us that men want sex and women withhold sex and that's what we do and I think we're kind of brought up to think that that's that's the way way of it But, but research shows that women and men both have the same level of interest in sex. It's and it is annoying because you know men they get high fived in a way. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, how do we change this? Or does it start from kind of young young kids, so men and women, being taught that there isn't that difference and girls are not sluts if they see yeah. someone? I definitely think it starts at a very, very young age, even like within the household, um, the way it's spoken about. And I think... Yeah. One part of it as well, I think a lot of families 
push their own kind of moral or religious beliefs obviously um, it comes out in how they raise their children because they are very protective of their daughters and they're very um, you know you don't really have you don't really see that as much with like mothers worrying that their son is going to sleep with a girl it's always like wor- worrying about protecting the girl obviously for reasons of like pregnancy and things like that but it's just, just a, a, a miseducation around mm. it because I think it, it gets miss um the way it gets absorbed when you're younger is that it's a bad thing if i want to have sex and it's a bad thing if yeah. i express yeah. how interested in, in it i am and and um, then a lot of girls just tend to repress those feelings and keep them in and they get judged by other girls as well and i hate the word this this one word really winds me up and that's ratchet and it's mm. thrown around a lot that you know a man can cheat um but the woman that does it she's a ratchet she's mm. it gets to me so so much because again it's it's always it, it it's the woman not allowed to she gets punished for doing for following those things she gets called those nasty yeah. words um yeah do you see it changing in the future or do you see it a slow change I think it's going to be a really slow change, but I, I think the, the fact that like we, we still have to make constant effort to tackle this subject and to um, I, like I've found myself even in conversations with like really close friends where you can tell that there's judgmentalism around a certain other friend's life decisions, or you know, oh she got out of a marriage and now she's you know loose, or now she's doing this that and the other and it's, it's yeah. so damaging it's so yeah. bad it's, it's um, amazing that men and women are not held to the same standards in, in such a basic part of, of life you know what I mean it's, it, it's sex is as natural as eating and breathing and sleeping and it's, it's something that is still held over us um, even so it's mad I kind of think you know, uh, how is it going to change? I think actually as women, we need to be the first people because I think a lot of the time we're oh, yeah. more critical on our own sex, yeah, especially from our mm. parents, or whether our mothers or mm. like aunties and people around us. I think if women first accept that this nature, accepting this kind of um, uh, sexual uh, fluidness, sexual kind of uh, awareness and want, um, then we can yeah. start you know, expecting it from men because unless we as women join together and allow this to happen, how are we supposed to kind of persuade men to change their thinking if we're not all having the collective, you know, feminism is a big part of that and I think sometimes a lot of feminists are kind of stuck in their in their ways from maybe 20, 30 years mm. ago mm. that they're not willing yeah. to accept change and progress. So I think as women, we have to do a lot more um, for ourselves and, and, and kind of empowering each other um, and then kind of Absolutely. say, you know, get the men involved. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I think it, it is literally just down to like more open discussion about yes. it. That's why I love seeing people on YouTube talk openly about... Um, anything to do with sex because every time I see a woman just talking about it and not apologising for it it's breaking down there's also this habit of uh, when people kind of you know men always want to know how many people you've had sex with like if you're in a relationship and there's always this kind of like have you noticed this and like it's like why it's like don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer to (laughs) guys some of us have lost count (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) my my uh my, my current boyfriend and I just uh, said that to each other like we were both basically like I, I, I wouldn't want to sit there and go through oh, everyone like, and yeah and, and, and same with him and I I, I, I feel like um, yeah and it's it's just um, the the whole um, school level nature of it the, w- the way in schools it's kind of like the way the lads are like yeah 
with this and then it's like oh god she mm. did this and about the same thing I think that is only going to change if young people see examples set for them in, in mm. media and in education and all that kind of thing yeah wasn't it this week Anthony Joshua kind of said a thing he got kind of dragged yes, a bit because he said about he's or, yeah, yeah he's much tougher on his knees because what was it oh because she's going to be a what someone's wife someday yeah. it's like sorry is a, oh, is a man not going to be someone's are, husband are we back in the Victorian <laughs> yeah but it's mad that like i don't think he said it in a way that was like malicious i think he, he just he just said it as such a matter offense. of fact thing and oh, that's yeah. his whole kind of that's understanding just, of it yeah and it's mad and yeah. we need to kind of change that definitely yeah yeah that's just a completely part of culture now. And mm. interestingly, I, I, I really love... Um, Louise Pentland uploaded a video recently about that she is engaged to herself and she was talking about um, marriage and, and made me really think about it, like the way you take the the man's name because you're now kind of his and the way your dad gives you down the aisle because he's the yeah. man giving you to another man. And, um, and, I, and it's not like... I love all that stuff, but it's, it's kind of... It does make you realise how deep all this stuff goes. Yeah, sure. um, down to down to the yeah, it's mad. Do you know what? It's, mad. it's so so true because I'm married and I, I I've not taken my husband's surname. Mm. Um, for, okay. For many reasons, I don't believe in the history of why we had to and i mm. get asked all the time oh was there is there trouble are you you're right <laughs> oh my like, god and it's like, really are we really doing this um and <laughs> so on the flip side which i know this is like different but i i don't have children i don't know if i want them yet yeah. but it's but again it's like i i get told by men all oh, tick tock tick tock and it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> I could have problems. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's so rude. Yes, it is. It's so honestly, I think the kind of way that people are so openly dismissive of, yes. like, they'll do the kind of little, I watched Willow Grace the other day, it's that, like, head tilt. It's like, hmm, how's work then? Because it's like, oh, you yeah. haven't got kids, oh. so that's all you worry about. Yeah, it's, like, exactly. it's like, It's like, no. it's like calm <laughs> down. How dare you? You're not invited into that yeah, it's not part your... of my life. Yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. funny, isn't it? It's funny how we, are, we still have that's... those prejudices and those looks and those judgments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 yeah, we were just uh, talking about that last night. We had like a girls' night, me and my mates, and um, about the way like women don't really propose to men, and you know the way oh, like my mum did. You're, 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 Really? Yeah. Really? Oh my, my, my mum did. Um, so my mum and, and stepdad have been together since I was like one years old. And um, I think it was like a leap year. Uh-huh. And after like, I mean, 12 years or something, uh, she. Yeah. <laughs> this is how forward she is. She sent a fax. <laughs> she sent a fax <laughs> saying, on, on like a leap year and just asked my dad. And uh, yeah, they got married, which is so cool. That's uh, so that's but I think as well for them, um, they were together for absolutely ages. And that's really influenced how I think about kind of marriage and relationships relationships is that I don't feel like there's a rush to get married because I think oh, absolutely, like, yeah. you don't really need like a piece of paper to say about, you're going to be no, together I mean no. I feel like the divorce rate is ridiculous now yes. um, so I feel uh, like yeah. this is yeah I think this kind of yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, a wedding, like, I don't know about you, and this is not dismissive, but for me, like, a wedding is like a massive party. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'm yeah exactly. That. That's- <laughs> I, I had many panic attacks, yeah. I tell you. I was not the bride, so I tell them, not good. But, yeah, it's funny. It's, it is funny how we're so kind of far forward in so many things and conversations, and yet we think, yeah, on the flip side, very prehistoric, aren't we? Yeah. 
I mean, to be honest, yeah. I don't even know if I want to get married. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a big thing in my life. But the only reason you I'd know, want to get married... Or... Yeah, well, it's just more because I, I feel like the way my parents have been, like, they didn't get married for, like, 13 years. They're still together now. So, like, what, 20? I'm 29, so that's, like, 26, 27 yeah. years later. Um, and I think, I mean, the only reason I'd get married, I suppose, is actually just a kind of father-daughter thing. Like, I'd love for my... You know, my dad to give me away. It'd be like a nice moment for him, but it's not yes. about. Oh, yeah. That's the only yes. reason I do it, I suppose. Yeah, and then just have what? a party, yeah, like yeah. a cheap one. <laughs> I don't know oh. if I want to spend 20 yeah. grand on a wedding. Do not spend 20 grand. <laughs> You'll be paying off for a very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very yeah. long time. Um, but it, yeah, it is, it is interesting. And I know I'll always still get, oh. I kind of only want to get married, actually, so that people who've invited me to weddings, I can invite them to mine because all the money I've spent on their weddings, then they'd... So yeah. Just, I'm like, it's like 10 years later, you. You, you, come here. <laughs> You're coming. Um, Melanie, I'm going to have to say my farewells, I'm afraid. Oh, that's okay. Um, thank you so, so much um, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me on. I'm... I'm so like I hope you uh, don't pass out um, anytime soon. <laughs> you and uh, you and me both. Got St. John's um, ambulance ready. <laughs> yeah. We've still got. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how many hours I've still got. Don't look at the clock. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, thank you so much, uh, Melanie. Uh, we'll be back very very shortly after this song by Eve. That's Who's That Girl by Eve. Um, and welcome uh, to the studio. We've got a, a bundle of energy, a ray of sunshine, Lizzie Cunzi. Hello, hello, hello. Thank oh. you for being here. Well, I w- made sure I got through the traffic. It took me two hours. But you've been <gasps> up for so long, so I'm not going to complain. I have no <laughs> idea um, how long I've been up is, for. I know, I know Rachel, you're looking great on it, I have to say. I know, I said that when I came in. I was like, you look super fresh. You look better you. than me, and I had eight hours. <laughs> yes, you do. You look really fresh. You look fab, but you're doing it. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank Uh, you. We're all supporting you. I appreciate that. Thank you so, so much. Um, We're obviously here for the He For She campaign. Um, um, How important is it for us to have, number one, discussions like this and talk about gender equality and talk about the fact that, you know, we need men and women to work side by side to make a difference? Well, it is so important. Mm. Um, I mean, we all should be treated equally. And... You know, I've been on many debates like Good Morning Britain and I've actually had people saying you're, you're, you know, not doing your thing for the women. I am. I want equal rights for all when I'm sticking up for the good girls because I don't want them to lose their jobs from yeah. what they're wearing. I want everyone to be treated the same yeah. and be paid the same. And I think I am a feminist, you know, and I, I fight for for everyone to be treated in the same way i think it's really sad when we when we do discriminate and you know there's so many times in in my workplace where it's happened to me and i think it's very sad like in Mm. football you know you never see any um football managers or now they're getting um, women referees on but i think we all should be treated the same and it's so important that um we get that across we're slowly seeing a change but it's very very slow and i know we 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 can talk about this a little bit more in depth in in just a moment very, very shortly, uh, we'll have Vicky um, Sarius, Honest Mum blog author, on the phone. Um, you mentioned there, you know, that you've had sexism. Is that something you've had your your whole life? Is it getting lesser? Um, it's it's something I've had pretty much my whole life. I, I when I started off very young modelling, um, an agent contacted my parents and said, "Look." You know, I look after Anthea Turner, da, 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 love your daughter to come meet me. And it turned in, he was a very well-known um, agent at the time. 
And it was obvious that he only was after one thing. And I was so young, you know, I was just turned 16. And obviously I was thinking, oh, this is a great opportunity. But then obviously I realised there was ulterior motives and he's saying you have to do this and that. And I thought, oh my God, what... What am I going to do? And, and thankfully, I was—I've always been quite a strong personality, and I was like, "No way! I'll, I'll make it a different way." And I've—I've I've had it in the modelling business, um, and and to re- quite recently, actually. So really? it's—it it has been tough, and um, I don't think you know. I've—I do find, and I have found, that very powerful men have mm. not taken me seriously in the fact you know because of the way you dress or the way you yeah. look you're not you're you're looked upon as a bit of a bimbo if you go mm-hmm. you know and you're glamorous they don't think you've got a mm-hmm. brain and it's been actual more of a fight and i did a show called itv at the movies um which was a real success and i remember them saying how can you do it but you know you're you're like a dolly bird you're the you know they i had to go through so much more than the others to prove myself but you even said it as well you said i like but i am a feminist it's like you're it's as if, and I, I know I find this way, you kind of have to apologise, be like, I don't know what the image of a feminist is, but sometimes you feel like you're battling against other women yeah. to get mm. your point across, not necessarily battling against men. Yeah, exactly. It's hard, isn't it? And you'll find, you, you want women all to be standing by each other, supporting each other. Where in fact, I was trying to prove myself and, yes. and say to, you know, I, I am this sort of person. I do have a brain. I do believe we all should be treated equally. And you're not actually treating me that way. Because and, of the way you look. It's really... Yeah, and it's like a, a snobbery type, you know, where, you know, I'd against one lovely lady and she was saying to me you know it's the way you dress and I said well hold on but you've got in the front of Vogue this month a girl in a beautiful lace but scantily dressed but that's okay but it's not if you're you know yeah. gonna be a it's good like girl. what Kim Kardashian has to deal with not that I think she's like the greatest um, example of feminism but the fact that you Actually, know she is she, she, well I suppose there's kind of different level, but the fact that if she wants to post a picture of herself, yeah, press a lot. I feel like if she wants to post a a naked photo of herself, right, that is her choice because it's her taking control of the kind of image of it. It's not a guy taking a photo of her and like sexualizing her. She's doing herself. So, you know, I'm not really about a feminism that would kind of slut shame her for doing that. I mean, I've had a family member say to me. Um, putting a bikini photo, photo on Instagram and it's like yeah but you know it's not really good image for you for being a j- serious yeah. like journalist it's like to be honest if people aren't going to give me a job because I posted a bikini photo on holiday then, then I don't want to work for them you know so what I mean true. it's so um, true I get that as well it's but so also true. I get you don't wear a bikini if you're in your 40s sorry you can't wear a bikini I've had women say you shouldn't be doing that it's not right and you need to cut your hair because when you're in your 40s you've got to have shoulder no. length hair I think Honestly, people who say stuff like that care, should have got more insecurities about themselves <laughs> and they, true, that's why they put, they brought they project onto you it's just very um, sad that yeah, happens I love um, those guys Lizzie yeah I'm <laughs> going to keep posting bikini pictures I'm sorry get out of the gun, of the gun. Um, on the phone lines right now and forgive me if I mispronounce your surname but uh, Vicky Pisarius no that's right hi thanks Boom. for having me uh, welcome Vicky uh, honest Hello. mum blog author how are you today Yes, I'm great, thank you. I'm wonderful, really good. good. Thanks for having me on your show. It sounds like such an interesting debate that's going on. And I think it's a debate that can literally go on 
and on and on. Yeah. Um, but first of all, let's talk about your new book, which is out 3rd of May, called Mum Boss, a guide on surviving and thriving at work and at home. Could you tell me all about it? Yeah, thanks. So um, basically, so I, I set up my blog in 2010 on maternity leave. I was a TV director before yeah. then, so I was working like crazy hours, 15-hour days, leading the ship on, you know, drama and documentary and stuff. And I had a baby, and I very naively thought that my baby will be strapped back onto my chest and I'll be back on set within, you know, months. Um, and, yeah, i completely naive to it all. Uh, I ended up having a traumatic birth, which meant, you know, I was really suffering, particularly in that, in that first year. And um, I set up a blog when most people didn't know what, a blog meant or what a blog meant so um, mm. I set one up I read a few things in America some blogs that really resonated and I think I was just really connecting with like-minded parents and that's what Twitter at the time did for me and my blog and then you know it, I ended up pivoting and it became my time job and what's so wonderful about this digital landscape is that it's democratic it's um flexible something that you know we're dire need of flexible working for parents something that you know there's lots of campaigning going on um but for me because I, I couldn't make it work for me um you know in the traditional media industry i created my own platform and now you know over the last um quite a few years now i've been going for seven years i've got um a digital platform that reaches you know many many millions across social and everything and um and we um you know uh, and i've got a business a thriving business so the book is sharing my story and it's also a manifesto to help other women seize the digital space but also how to get them confident to get back to work after you know maternity leave or time away and to really juggle the um you know, to really juggle kind of parenting with, with working. So I hope it inspires loads of people. That's the intention. Um, that on May the 3rd. Well, yes. Um, well, Lizzie, you're, you're a mum. Um, what was it like for you when you wanted to go back, say, to work? Um, how, well, how I tell it? you what happened. I got a job. I just had my son and my first boy, Josh. Oh. And um, I got a job as a, as a sort of like a, a stunt model uh, for James Bond with wow. Piers Brodson. Oh my but God. But I dream. was breastfeeding. So my um, ex-husband said, mm, I don't think you could do this. And I said, you know what? I'm not turning down Piers Brodson and, and no, being on, on the Bond set. I'm sorry. Which I'm not. one was it? Goldeneye. Uh, it was Goldeneye. And wow. I thought, right, I'm doing this. And um, I got chosen for my legs. I don't remember the scene where you have to be. That she got. She squeezed him to. No, bits. you are. The, oh my god! Anyway, I just said legs. I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do this. But I had child, baby, in one arm, breastfeeding. Amazing. And the worst You're... thing was, well, every time I laughed, my boobs leaked. So I had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it was all for the reality. The reality of it wasn't so glamorous because Peace yeah, is very funny. That's like mum bossing in action. The fact that you're, you know, you're not saying no to stuff, but you're making it work. It's like, you know, if I need to do a shoot, I'll take my kids yes. if, if I need to. And I think that people, ha you know, working mums, this whole concept needs to be um, embraced. We need greater equality, mm -hmm. you know, in the workforce. We're losing so many incredible women to the workforce because of this, you know, it's inflexible and there's no support. 
because we're being asked to choose, aren't we? Mm. We don't want to choose. We want to do both. And why shouldn't we? And why should the industry support that? And there are amazing companies that are doing that, but mm. it's not to the extent that is necessary so that we all get choice. Because there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mum at all. My close, some of my closest friends are. But, there's, but equally, there's nothing wrong with wanting to work either and, and do that too and to be supported um, in having a choice. First of all, it's to have a choice. At the moment, some people are feeling that they don't have a choice. So they're having to, to do something they don't want, whether that's staying at home or working or whatever. There's just not a flexibility there. Um, so yeah, I just hope that things do change. Mm. But equally, that you know, Mumboss the book is, is very empowering because what's happened is there's a massive rise of mum entrepreneurs, you know, um, women that have got their own business. And with the rise of things like, you know, Not on the High Street and Etsy, people can start online shops. They can, you know, have real success. I mean, if you'd said to me, in 2010, when you start your blog, you're going to work with global brands. You're going to—I gave—I was on a panel at the House of Commons the other day. You know, I would have gone no way, but actually, I've created something that um, is, is essentially a magazine in my life that, that allows me freedom to also go to sports day and never miss my kids' assembly. But but equally, you know, work with these huge companies as well. So I think that that's so liberating, and it feels like. You know, I want lots and lots of women to do that. And people stop me a lot and say, you're the reason I've got a blog, you're the reason I've got a business, and nothing feels more rewarding than having that impact. So... That's amazing. Yeah, I hope, it, I hope it continues. Well, Vicky, thank you so, so much for talking to us. Uh, no worries. Mom, Thanks. Author, your book, uh, Mum Boss, is out the 3rd of May. Um, have, thank you. Have a wonderful Saturday. Thank Thanks, you. guys. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 What an inspiration. I girl. still can't get over that you wrapped your legs around Pierce Brosnan's head. I, I did. That. And, and he was so hairy. Well. He was so hairy. No and way. I said, honestly, <laughs> if you fell Pierce. in a swimming pool, it'd be like an otter. He was so hairy. Hairiest man I've ever seen. That's mad. But lovely. Yeah. Irish. Speaking Humor. of, like, I was really interesting what Vicky was saying, and, uh, you know, in the film, there's this really good initiative called Raising Films, and it's all about um, uh, helping women within the film industry, you know, actually have jobs. Because, there's, you know, you're talking about being working mothers, and it's about yeah. having creches and carers mm. and supporting that. And they had oh, the yeah, thing at BAFTA last night. Um, and Alice Lowe, who's a great filmmaker, uh, she did Revenge, which is a great movie. Yeah, she directed yeah. it and wrote it. Wow. Uh, you should go see it. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting that she kind of, you know, th this whole kind of supporting women in film and women across the industry to do stuff well you know and, I, and at the Oscars my friend um, Rachel Shenton won the Oscar oh for Silent God. Child and Amazing. she and, you know what she was told oh it's going to be really tough don't know if you could do this have you got the funding you know and yeah, her and her boyfriend went and did it she's an amazing story incredible. Yeah. incredible I also love that it's like about you know we talk about diversity and diversity also includes like disability and to have this like yeah. short film about a young girl who's deaf you know having that representation yeah. that yeah. awareness and for that to win an Oscar is absolutely fantastic yeah incredible yeah. and you can do anything and it doesn't uh, even it's if you do brave. have a disability yeah it yeah. doesn't have to be a, a, a and negative and is a jumping point <laughs> well there you go <laughs> what a thought, eh? look at it Ricky Holly Whittle Oaks. killing yeah, it as well. Hollyoaks to Hollywood it can happen it could happen um, Hannah I believe we're saying farewell yeah oh, Hannah don't go oh no oh no thank you so much for having me it's been a great time yes it's great fantastic to meet you in the flesh I know yeah uh, my housemate knows Lizzie yes. so <laughs> hello Mark but thank you so much uh, for having me on today yeah well thank you Hannah um, and we're just going to take a very very short break I will leave you with uh, Ruin by Cat Power and we'll be back in about four minutes time